All right, it's go time. We're approaching the final days of NFL, our NFL less existence. We know no more will we have the shakes whenever we talk about the Bears and previews and fantasy and all that stuff. We're getting ready for the real thing. It's coming up soon. And this is, once again, your man Kyle Means here to help you through all the preview and all the preview information and throw all the analyzing and everything at you that you need. You know, whether you're talking about individual players or you're talking about your devoted team. If you're listening to this, you know, it's odds are your devoted team is the Bears. But, uh, you know, we definitely got you with the Bears, and we're going to have you all the way around the NFL as well throughout this season. Uh, me and my man Ryan Bukovetsky, our lead Bears writer, lead NFL writer as well, all around the league, like I said, he's – up on it man he's doing it doing it real big you know whether it's with with us here on war on anchor or or you know dean davis of course which is war which is war as well but you know he's previewing that you know previewing the league with dean davis we'll talk more about that later and uh but for now this is uh you no know, once our, our return to uh you know, talking about the Bears in the final preseason game, which comes up on Thursday. Uh, and they'll be playing the uh, uh, Tennessee Titans. And, you know, that's that's going to be a game, of course, of, of some consequence. Not too high uh, of a, you know, of a consequence factor there with this game. We'll get into that again later as well. But one thing I wanted to do with this particular broadcast is just give y'all a little peek of what we're going to do with our roundy round the league coverage our round the league conversations that we'll have as well uh like say each week during the season and um you know with looking into the the issues that surround the league uh, you know there's always something thought-provoking that's going on with the nfl as well as, you know, of course, previewing games and everything uh, that we'll do from week to week. But, uh, you know, as we're still in the preseason, you know, we, we're going we're gonna to look at not – no, we're not going to look at any games this week, but we're going to look at, a, a, like I said, a thought-provoking issue. And one that has really popped up with the league this week has been the issue of early retirements and star players, you know, dropping out of – the NFL uh, prematurely, a, a lot a lot of people would say, but uh, some of these players, the way that they're speaking, you know, they're really desperate for some sort of peace and comfort that they that they're lacking in the game right now. And uh, you know, the, the biggest story of this week has been Andrew Luck, star quarterback, his sudden retirement from the Indianapolis Colts, and the Bears, of course, were. Involved in that story as they were playing the Colts uh, during the third preseason game for both teams this past Saturday. And uh, that's where the news suddenly broke through uh, Adam Schefter of ESPN. And Luck had to respond to that news breaking after the preseason game Saturday. And that's when it became official that uh, he was stepping away from the game due to injuries 
that he's been suffering. But we've also had this week uh, another player who was uh, who retired earlier this preseason, uh, Gronkowski uh, from the New Orleans, from the New England Patriots, reigning Super Bowl champs, uh, a, a guy who threw a lot of people off with his uh, his retirement announcement as well. And he really had a uh, a heart to heart conversation, a, a heartfelt conversation, uh, where he let people know uh, that he's really been hurting and that he's been dealing with a lot of things physically that has helped that has hurt his uh, his love for the game, and that is a you know that preceded his decision and uh, coincided with his decision, you know, took so much. So there's been a lot of talk in regards to the speeches that these two men have made these these proclamations and um you know it is is a lot of talk is the talk has been how is this affecting the nfl how will it affect the nfl going forward will we see more of these uh types of players bowing out uh early in their in their careers instead of you know, playing through the pain and doing the things that we have for so long uh, lionized athletes for doing. You know, do fans have a right to feel shorted when a player like Andrew Luck, uh, you know, for lack of better words, bails out on the team at this uh, all-important time right before the beginning of the season? You know, there's a lot of issues that, no sub-issues that have floated around this as well. But I think at the heart of this issue, you have people who are, you know, great athletes who have gone through something harrowing and they're crying out for a certain type of understanding. And uh, as I bring you in, Ryan, uh, you know, what what are your what were your thoughts, man? Uh, I'm sure just like everyone else, when the luck news start uh, broke this weekend, you were shocked. But um, you know, from from going from that initial shock of the announcement and uh, hearing him and hearing how people have responded to him, you know, from Gronk to everyone else who's been following the league, you know, what what have uh, you know what has that brought to your mind as in regards to this issue? Because we were watching this preseason game with uh, both the Colts and the Bears, new starters playing, and it just so happens that all of this goes down that night. And as Bears fans kind of watching, uh, you know, the Colts, a team that's close by, and obviously we have some familiarity with them, with Peyton Manning back in the day in 06, and you just see this news break and how it's just changing the the future of the franchise right before your eyes because you know you go from a potential Super Bowl contender with a healthy luck and the development of the rest of the team like they showed last year to now probably hopefully ever, or maybe I should say best case scenario fighting for the playoffs and trying to get in versus getting all the way to the big dance and I was thinking a lot of you know the Bears situation like imagine kind of like being uh having your foot in that in their shoes kind of thing where if Mitch was this great quarterback with this great team around him and he just decided to retire 
man, that would just be a killer blow for any fan, and I, I would certainly feel that. But I definitely wasn't on the side of them booing Andrew Luck or being that upset. I mean, it made sense in the moment because you're just really upset and, you know, you're going to, as a fan, be fanatic and, and basically voice your displeasure because that's all you can really do. And I would have preferred them to have not have done that with Andrew Luck just because of how much he had given that franchise. And, and that's really the heart of it. I mean, he had given so much to his football career and really has been battling injury after injury and doing rehab, then getting hurt and then doing rehab and just this constant cycle, especially being in your mid to late 20s while this is happening. You know, this is your physical prime and peak, and when you just feel so weak and just so uh, not in touch with your body as a prime athlete, it's got to be so discouraging. And then you look at a guy like Rob Gronkowski, who retired, and that made all the sense in the world. I mean, he was a guy that has gone through every type of surgery, knee, shoulder, you know, back surgery. He just He's had a broken arm. He's, he, we've seen him go through every possible thing, and and how much it's taken a toll on his body. And you hear the stories after the Super Bowl, how his leg was just completely swollen with liquid for for days. They had to just keep draining it and draining it. Like, when it gets to that point, you can understand why players just, hey, I've made a lot of money, I've had success in the league, especially Gronk, who came off Super Bowl win. Maybe I just hang up the cleats. And you look at a guy like Andrew Luck, slightly different because he's the quarterback and hasn't had that same success, but it must have been just a really tough road for him mentally. That is probably the biggest reason why he decided to move on with his life and career. And we hear how Andrew Luck has a lot more than football. He's not just a guy that loves, that lives, sleeps, and breathes football. You know, he's a guy that has other interests, has other loves, and is a, a more maybe well-rounded person, if you will, not to take a shot or anything like that. But some guys just live for football and other guys just love football. And Andrew is definitely that type of guy. And, you know, it, I feel mostly bad for his teammates because they were probably feeling very optimistic about this season and where they could go, especially having him healthy and being there and then going through this calf or ankle problem, whichever it is, because there's still mystery around it. But whatever the injury that was, uh, you know, that must have just started uh, making the team a little bit nervous, making teammates nervous, but they probably still felt like, oh, he's going to come back eventually and then we're going to go. So, uh, you know, on the eve of the season, really, it must be a tough blow for his teammates. But uh, as long as Andrew Luck handled it correctly and being as honest and open with them as early as possible, I think, uh, you know, that's just a consequence of life that you can't really do. You just have to be able to understand and accept. Yeah, and I think some reports have started to surface that, uh, you know, if not the entire team or the entire franchise – there were people in it who saw this announcement coming down the pike at least a, a day or two beforehand. And I think there was uh, some, uh, I think Schefter, I, I actually heard Schefter say this to uh, uh, to Dan Lebertard on his radio show that there was actually plans by the Colts to make this announcement on Sunday, that, Sunday, that following day after the game. But 
uh, you know, Schefter went, went ahead and broke the story, and they were, uh, you know, everyone was forced to move at that point. But uh, the time, yeah, the timing is bad, and it, it's tough. But I think when you look at that timing as well, you know, because, you know, luck know, you know, luck knows how important this time of year is. I think that exacerbates, and or, or really, if it really further underscores, I should say, that uh, the importance that luck had to make this decision now and make that. You no, know, it, it, I think it really shows what he was going through, and when it comes to his teammates, at least publicly, they've they pretty much have been all in support of him, and I think players across the league have have done have done that as well because primarily they they had they know what he's going through, they know what he's what he's gone through the past few years, these injuries and these rehabs and, and you know what they I'm sure they. You know they've all gone through those things on some level themselves, and they know what's what's been taken out of him, and that you know he he at least needs some time to recover from that. And you know playing more football and putting more of a beating on himself isn't going to help that. And I think I wish that's that's something that uh, that fans and observers, media, that that's some that's that's the type of empathy that we need to instill more in ourselves. Just because we haven't gone through those things, it, we should be able to identify, you know, especially having watched football for for years and decades for most of us, we sh- we know that these guys really hurt, you know, really put it on themselves to, you know, to to uh sacrifice and do the things that they need to do to make you know, to make it through each week and make it through each season in order to, to win and do the things that we want to glorify them for. And when it comes to those Indianapolis fans, you know, I think they should have they should have had a better better feeling of better feeling of that. They sure they did have a gut reaction and you know you in, in some ways you can't blame folks for that. But they you know as much as any as much as anyone they've been able to be privy to what luck has been going through and i think beyond the shock there's a judgment that's involved when you boo someone like that you know it seemed to me like in that moment they were just they were judging him not worthy when he's been the most worthy cult there's been since peyton manning he's the only reason why they have any type of team right now and, you know the, you know the Colts have built themselves up around him in the past year or two to make themselves a contender. But if it wasn't for those first four or five years where he suffered through the worst offensive line play in the league, you know, and still com- and still competed and still put up numbers, then they the Colts wouldn't have had anything to to draw from at this point, and they would be another they would be another team in the lower ranks of the league, which is what they pretty much been throughout the history of their time in Indiana outside of Peyton Manning's best years in these couple of years with, uh, with luck. So I think it's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, just a, a lot of ignorance and a lot of, uh, you know, you know, disrespect that, that comes from that, from that booing in my opinion. And, 
You know they I, they don't know how good they don't know how good they ha- they have it in, in my opinion. And no, go go uh, go ahead, Ryan. Sorry to cut you off. I, I think just to add on to your point, you know, like what you said, I think there's a judgment to booing, and that's a good point. And you know, maybe they had bad judgment in the moment. I'm like amazed by the next day when people were calling, season ticket holders were calling in to try to cancel for the season. I couldn't believe something like I, I was thinking in Chicago. I mean. People don't sell their tickets when the team is terrible. Right. And when you have, like, you know, a good GM, a good coach, I get it. You lost your star quarterback, but they're actually developing talent there. This is a team that's been pretty competitive since that 06 Super Bowl, just in general. They've made consistent playoff appearances. Like, man, that is just some disrespect and spoiled baby attitude to me. Yeah. And when you buy tickets, any tickets, be- you know, single game tickets uh, or uh, season season passes. You're buying them, you know, with the with the expectation of seeing that team, and you're 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 not buying them for the expectation of seeing a, of a single player. You no, know, that's that's just what it is. You know, you you're not promised that, and you know, just because luck took himself out and the game didn't take him out. It doesn't make any difference, you know. You're not owed anything to that to that degree. So that's just you no. Know, that's just really stupid. I and I know the Colts. I'm, I'm sure they're not planning on giving any money back in that situation. But again, it it just shows how spoiled a lot of these fans are. And, and you know, then it's it's just an indignancy that that's involved in in the way that I think that they look at players. I think there's a lot of commodification and a lot of uh you know people you know there's we we're looking at these players as objects and not as people and you know i don't know what i don't know what what it is you know if it's just people who who think that they have it so good because they make good money that they shouldn't be felt sorry for or you know is it you know, people are so hung up on stuff like fantasy football that that is, you know, that they're so desperate to win and stuff like that. And I don't know. It's is like I say, just we got to do better. At, at definitely as fans and and media too. You know, you got goofies like uh, like that dude. Uh, what's what's my man's name? Doug Gottlieb, who you know, it was you know a soft basketball player trying to talk about. What a what a football player is going through, and he's never he's never dealt with the things that Luck has gone through. So you know, just because you have a platform at Fox Sports, you know, you think you're supposed to rail off on everything. You know, that's that's misuse of your platform, man. You know, take you know, put up put on put on someone who knows what they're talking about, like a Troy Aikman who shot who shot him down on Twitter. You know, uh, for you know, for everyone's for the better sake of everyone, and and listen to people like that instead of just going off at the mouth and saying, you know, what you would do, because you wouldn't do anything if you was in that situation. You would you would do the same thing. You take your money and run if you was had to go through those uh, those battles that Luck had to just to get on the on the field. You probably would have gave up a lot sooner than he did. So, you know, that's that's what I got to say about that with Luck. But I, I want to go to uh, to to Gronk right quick too, 
because Gronk, I think uh, there was it was that footage of him from the other day was just very eye opening to me because he really was quite emotional in what he was saying and he was very uh you know earnest in, in what he was saying he he was still performing a little bit too there was like a uh i saw another clip of him at that conference where he was like sort of dancing and shaking his hips like showing that he's he's not all beat up but you know he he's he's still a fun loving guy but he still he had that moment i, I may get that audio up too and, and put it here uh, uh interject that here with us but uh, you know, it was just it was just really moving to hear him speak about, you know, what the game has meant to him and just how much it had to take out of him to make him make the decision that he made to retire. What did you think about what uh, Gronk says specifically? Yeah, you know, Gronk when he retired uh, right after the Super Bowl, I completely understood, and I was you know uh, basically in support of it in a way I feel like he is a guy that has been very easy to somewhat read in his career like we know Gronk is about having a good time and and you know kicking ass while doing it and that's his kind of thing like go big or go home type of thing but it's always about fun kind of lightheartedness at least that's what it seems like from the what we get in the media and at least what we get from him and, of course, his personality, like, on social media and things like that. So I, I could just see, you know, the same thing with Andrew Luck. I mean, when you have to just rehab all the time and you were just consistently in pain all the time. And, and things like I, I heard a story that he had to wake up, like, every 20 minutes while he was sleeping because of pains in his leg after the Super Bowl. Like, yes. Imagine just waking up 20 minutes all night. Like, when you have that, you're usually very sick or in a ton of pain, and it's it's just unbearable. And he was going through days and days and days of that. And not even light surgeries. I mean, you're talking heavy knee surgery. You're talking, uh, you know, back surgery. He has had all the big injuries really and he's continued to come back and put together a Hall of Fame career I think when he missed out on the Super Bowl because of that Jags injury when he was injured in the AFC Championship where they lost to the Eagles that motivation to come back and to win again I think was huge for him and when you could just kind of walk away from the game with being on top you know that just seems kind of storybook for him and now you know, he can at least stay away from the game for a while, see if it, it comes back to him. But if not, he can enjoy his life. He's made his money, and now he can do a lot of the fun stuff. And, and it's great to see him enjoying life and, and moving around uh, without injury, without prop. Because, boy, it, it seemed like if Gronk was going to have a long career, he was going to be in a wheelchair by 50. Yeah. And that's the type of sacrifice that we've seen so many players from – past generations have to, you know, have to go through, you know, players like uh, Earl Campbell who could barely walk in their 50s and stuff like that, going through so much, after going through so much abuse in the when in their time in the NFL, you know, it makes no sense for these men to have to go through that just to play this, play this game, you know, in, in you know, what, no matter how much you may envy them, for being able to make money and play a game, it doesn't make, you know, it doesn't make sense for them to lose the, you know, 
the majority of their life, their middle age and their their golden age that, you know, so many of us uh, get to look forward to without, you know, without the ex expectation of physical discomfort. And, you know, none of us have to worry about right now the possibility of losing our brains, losing our minds as we go through life, you know. And, and you mentioned earlier, too, like being 29, like both of these men, Gronk and and luck 29 and having to think about giving up the thing that has defined them throughout their life, their career, you know, neither of us have to give up our careers, you know, right now we, you know, we're in, we're at, at that same point in life, but we can do what we do for decades going further. And that's the, that's the thing for every pro athlete and every NFL player, you know, you, you only have such a short time where you can engage as as this top flight athlete and it's sort of a, a a Faustian bargain that's involved in this where you have that you have that time where you're on top of the world but you can very well give up the quality of life for the rest rest of your life just for these several years that you may have as an NFL player. But it shouldn't have to be that way. And I would, I, I think a lot, like, you know, just listening to a lot of the, uh, you know, people talk on on TV and the radio and stuff like that, and there's a lot of thought being given to how this is gonna affect the NFL going forward. You know, I don't know if it's gonna be a drastic thing where you know less less uh, you know elite athletes are gonna want to get into the league going forward. I think one thing that we may see, Ryan, is that. There may be more, more players who have these mid-career layoffs. You know, uh, these uh, these little hiatuses, like like with Gronkowski. There's a lot of you know, a lot of people think that he's gonna play in the league again eventually. I don't you know. Luck may be another different, maybe a different thing. He's seen more. He hasn't brought up the idea of him coming back yet. But even with you know, even with him, that you know, you, you think there may be a possibility of that, but with Gronk, definitely, he brought it up himself in that that CBD conference that uh, you know, maybe three months or three years down the line, he may want, he, you know, he may want to play the game again, and I I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. Like, you may look at a player, you may be a player who reaches your mid twenties, have already played six or seven years in the NFL and you may be kind of beat down and be like, man, look, you know, I can, I could just do TV for a couple years or, you know, work off my endorsements or do something, just do something else with my life and, and, you know, revitalize myself. And then when I'm 30, 31, 32, I can, you know, I can get back in the NFL, you know, there, there's always going to be players, of course, new players coming up trying to take new, take your spot. But I think if you're of a, of a certain elite uh, elite value in the league, especially at the position of quarterback, you know there there are going to be people who's going to welcome you back, and uh, you know if not your old team, then some other team. So I, you know that's kind of one thing that if I had to uh, you know look at a crystal ball, you know, and and if and if we see if we see either luck or Gronk come back in some sort of capacity, 
I think that's something that players may want to may want to look at and think about as an option for themselves, you know, at least to to put off pain and put off punishment for a lot for at least for a little while and maintain some of that like I say that that uh that quality of life that you know that could be at risk if you just go straight 10 15 years beating yourself up yeah you know it, it's it's interesting as a concept uh it might happen. I think the key thing that you said is you'd have to be an extremely elite player in the league. Like, yeah. anybody that's just kind of whatever, I don't think so. Because I, I wonder the mentality. Because when people say Gronk and Luck are going to come back, to me it depends how long. I mean, if you're going to wait, let's say they're both 29 right now, if they're going to wait till 32, I mean, if you have been hit a lot for three years and then you got to come back to getting hit a lot, I don't know if you can kind of do that, but, you know, I, there's a lot of variable in that, so I'm not sure how that would work out, and it would also depend, because I don't think players are going to do it if they don't have a success story, like, they need that, oh, Gronk was out for three years and came back and was a pro bowler, you got to have, like, that example, like, that precedent of a player that was able to accomplish being out for a couple years and then come back. And, you know, when it comes to players leaving the game, I think that that is going to be more and more common. And it's just really going to be looking at the injury history. For guys like Drew Brees and Tom Brady, I think it's easy for them to play into their 40s because they never really suffered major injury. They really have been able to kind of just stay upright and go through, you know, the, the rigors of an NFL season, but not anything major that they have to carry over into the offseason. And so their love of the game has allowed them to just kind of keep going through the mental stuff that usually forces players to retire, like preparation, practice. So if we see players, especially young players in their mid-20s to late-20s, if they have this incredibly long injury history, I think you start looking at retirement watch. But other players that you know continuously stay healthy, those are the type of players that you could see projecting later on into their careers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like, like you know, Gronk and, uh, and and Luck can make they they could possibly make for two interesting case studies along this line. I, I want to bring up another player too, right quick, who may, you know, at a at a at a more uh, advanced age, you got uh, you got Witten down there in Dallas, Jason Witten, who took a took a year off from the game. And you know he, you know he tried. You know his story's a little bit different. He tried something else and it didn't work. You know, tried the broadcasting, it didn't work. But all the same, he took a year off from the sport, and he's coming back. And so, you know, that's a, again, that's something that uh, you know pl- players can li- maybe look at it as as options for themselves, as as ways to conserve themselves and not just you know. It, it it can like I say it can happen one of two ways. It can happen, uh, you know, it can happen against your will by through injury, or it can or you can make the call yourself, you know. But uh, and and another before I move on here with the and we get into the bear stuff, it's interesting too. Like you mentioned, uh, the quarterbacks and how how the how the quarterback game has changed, and how we've seen so many. 
quarterbacks of this past generation or two play to an advanced age, you know, Brady and, and uh, Breeze being chief among them. And it's interesting to me how so much has been done by the game itself to protect quarterbacks and protect, you know, those two in particular. But you also you also have to give a lot of credit to their respective franchises for keeping them protected well, you know, uh, keeping good offensive linemen in front of them and keeping offensive threats around them that, uh, you know, keep teams from keying in on them and on the way that that they might want to if if they didn't have uh, so many weapons to throw at or pass or you know or hand a ball or two you know with luck it's interesting to me that he was an, another blue chip guy uh, a number one overall draft pick but he didn't have that luck in, you know <laughs> to, you know it's uh for lack for lack of a better term uh, in that, in his first couple years, and it it just led to this whole thing where he's he's in this position where he's in now, you know, due to a lot of mismanagement around him, and it it shows it shows how thin that line is to uh you know keeping a keeping a good top flight talent like that in 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 a good way, you know, it, then the risks are definitely always there for teams in the NFL. You can you can, uh, you know, take take a guy like that and go to the moon, or you can just have a, you know, sort of s- semi tragic story play out like this here, and and it what and it hasn't even all been all that bad for Indianapolis, you know, they have like they've played well with him, but it's just been he's just had to take too much, just a little bit too much, uh, uh you know, hits in their pocket, man. And and out of the pocket too, for that matter. But you know, it's it's really really just interesting to me. Like just another couple of interesting points to be said there on Andrew Luck. But definitely wish him the best going forward. Whether he wants to continue at any other point as a, as a player or not, you know. Hopefully he, uh, you know, may, regains the peace that he's had at uh, at previous points in his life and. You know, definitely as he grows his builds and grows his family, you know, he hopefully he'll be able to keep himself healthy in a way that they'll be able to enjoy them for he'll be able to enjoy them and they him for a long time for uh, going forward. So, but um, let, uh, Ryan, let's go into the to the less meaningful stuff right now with the Bears, more you know more of the the fun stuff. Uh, you know, coming up now, fourth fourth uh, preseason game, final preseason game. Um, we, we sort of framed a lot of this with the with the talk going into game three uh, that the the team is really just figuring out its its final spots on the fifty three man roster. Uh, the the cuts are going to have to be made in the next week. The final cuts going to be made in the next week, and um, you know. I, let's take it back to to game three because we haven't we hadn't recapped that yet. You know, coming out of that game, uh, you know, a, kind of a surprising win, especially given that the Bears didn't really start off that well in the game against Indianapolis, but they they kind of finished strong there, and um, you know, they like I say they pulled out a win, 
And, uh, you know, why don't you just give your thoughts uh, first off on that the effort that was made in, in the Indianapolis game and, you know, who may have, uh, you know, caught your eye as far as, uh, you know, individually or, or you know, even, even uh, you know, position-wise sets of positions that um, took on some, you know, took on some good, good things and uh, showed some development. Yeah, I mean, I think that starts with the kicker, Eddie Pinheiro, who was 5-for-5 five five for his kicks, three extra points, two field goals. His long was 58 yards, so a really good first step for Eddie Pinheiro ever since he took over as the only kicker on the roster, and he'll get another chance this Thursday to kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily nail down the competition, but if he has another terrific performance, you would think that it's going to be hard for the Bears to go with somebody else unless there's just an obvious guy that they really like that is available. Outside of that, uh, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be anybody besides Eddie to me. Uh, But again, it could be a veteran. We'll see how that works out. But uh, a big Thursday for Pinheiro coming up, and he had a really nice game three. Uh, a couple others was the running back position, just in general. Ryan Nall had an excellent run of 69 yards and only got two carries and a couple targets. Uh, I don't know exactly how things are going to go down, but I'm starting to believe more and more that Ryan Nall is going to make the roster and they're going to find a way to make room for him because I just don't know if he's going to sit on the practice squad. Uh, you know, maybe the league doesn't have a high opinion on him, but I would certainly, if I was a team that really didn't have much at tight end, running back, you see a versatile player like Ryan Nall who has some speed, some size, I, I would be interested in picking him up. And I wonder if the Bears are looking at him as being kind of another versatile guy that they can use all over the field, either as a blocker or as a runner, maybe even as a receiver. So I, I wonder if the lack of production from him is an indicator that either they're hiding him on the practice squad or they are going to try to get him on the roster. And the same can be really said about Kareth White. So Ryan Dahl in general had, with two carries and two targets, he was basically featured in four plays. For Kareth White, it was basically the same. He also had some uh, special teams returns as he had uh, three kickoff returns that looked solid doing that as well but uh, on offense he only had four carries and one target uh, as a receiver so uh, clearly he was another guy that they're not trying to feature or showcase and trying to hide either as practice squad or on the roster and I'm starting to think more and more like I said earlier that they're going to carry five running backs and maybe go with just six receivers because personally, I think Javon Wims has made the team. He looked pretty solid out there, again, uh, doing his limited work as he only had just one target. But uh, he is a guy that has performed really all all preseason long, all training camp long, and this is going back to last year. I think he's going to be your sixth receiver, and that they're only going to carry six, which really leaves that tight end position. And still, a, a lot to be the term in there there's theories that a guy like Dax Raymond who had one target for uh, no catches are they trying to hide him on the practice squad or trying to get him on the roster some people believe that maybe the Bears will carry five five tight ends 
and, and they very well possibly could. And there's a lot to be determined there. Ian Bunting had four targets, and he caught two of them for 31 yards. So uh, it's really difficult to say exactly how the tight end position and some of these offensive positions are going to grade out, but there's definitely a lot of competition, and there's going to be some guys that's going to be really tough to get onto the practice squad. And then really quick on defense, I think Josh Woods, along with Joel Aya Booneyway, uh, he is, or Iggy as the team called him, he is, also had a solid game with Nick Kwiatkowski. There's a lot of competition at that inside linebacker spot. They're probably going to get rid of some guy that's going to get picked up somewhere else. And then uh, James Vauders had a uh, another solid game, got himself a sack and a tackle for loss. He's looking like a guy that has an inside track, maybe on a roster spot, but he might also be a practice squad type player. So uh, there's a lot of guys that uh, are on the bubble, and we heard from uh, practice this week that a group of guys are preparing for the Packers while a group of guys are preparing for this Thursday game. And definitely you'd rather be with the Packers group than the Thursday group because those are probably guys that are not going to make the roster. I think it's pretty clear to the Bears who they are going to go with roster-wise. It's just going to be maybe kind of the last effort to see some guys or maybe a, a guy or two. But really, uh, the guys that you're going to see playing on Thursday are probably not going to make the roster, and at most are going to be practice squad guys. Yeah, so if, if any of those guys caught your fancy this uh, this past month or two, yeah, just uh, try to enjoy them while you can. But, uh, you know, like like, like Ryan says, there, there may be a good chance that they get caught on, uh, uh, if not the practice squad, maybe with another team. So that's a, 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 that's sort of been the theme, thing, the thing that we brought up uh, through the past few weeks. Like the Bears have, you know, had a, a particular wealth of riches, you know, player-wise that we're, we're not – we haven't been used to them having this. It's not very common, you know, at this point of the year to see the Bears have so many options at so many positions. So it's a good thing. But, uh, you know, it will be tough to see some good players to let go of some good players, but that's just how it is. You know, you can't can't carry more than 53, so you got to make the roster uh, for, for, fit to that uh, – fit to that uh conformity that the nfl uh, wants you to have so uh but lo- looking back at uh at pinero with the kicking uh you know it's it's interesting of course you know we talked about the prior to the game what type of game that we would like to have like to see from him and he pretty much provided that but uh you know you got to look at it too that he kicked in a very controlled environment in the Dome in Indianapolis. You know, this Thursday he's going to be in Chicago again, kicking in the elements, as it were. You know, it's probably, probably not going to be wild, uh, anything wild weather-wise, but uh, it may be a little a little cool, and, and, you know, you may get some winds off the lake or whatever, as typical. But, uh, you know, do you think that'll make a – you know how do, how do you think that's going to factor in with Pinero uh, tomorrow? It's, you know, I, I, I guess like you said, it's it's odds are he's going to be going into the season at least as the guy. But you know, is is what do you think the possibilities are for there to be like a a melt a, a, a meltdown or something that could really affect his standing? 
I mean, I, I definitely think that when we talk about guys going into this preseason game, like who are some guys that can actually win a roster spot that don't already have one? And probably that list of guys is very short. And even in that short list, it's probably something like, he's got to look amazing at this, this, this. Like, we have to see improvement in this area, this area. And it's got to just come together. Like, it's got to be kind of like one of those performances that you get someone blown away by. And I think, and that's both positive or negative, uh, Eddie Pinheiro is at the top of that list, I would say, because... You know, if he goes out there, let's say in five kicks, he's one for five. I, I think you welcome in all the the skepticism and scrutiny all over again, and maybe you go into that first game with him on the roster. But I'm sure the tryouts, I'm sure the the waiver wire scouring will be much higher if he, unless he goes out there and goes, let's say five for five again, he's a sixty yarder. Maybe you start saying, okay, I mean, we're going to do our homework. We're going to have our list of kickers that we're going to have here in case Eddie can't do the job. But, uh, I mean, he's hit a 58-yarder in a controlled environment, goes out and hits, let's say, a 60-yarder in this Thursday game. You probably feel like, hey, maybe this competition has worked. Maybe we've really done the job that we've been trying to do. So let's actually let this thing go into the regular season and at least give it a try. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty maybe more cut and dry for Pinero than than anyone else on the roster, and uh, you know that could be a good thing if, if you know if the if the Bears really have found a guy in him, you know that's that's really a, a much better situation than anything else going into the season. Like to not have to worry about the kicking position after week one, you know that that would be the best. That really would be the best uh, situation that the Bears could hope for. Well, as we look at, uh, you know, as 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 we come uh, close to the end here with our session, uh, you know, any, anything else that jumps out at you in regards to, you know, the Bears, uh, like I say, the roster or the, you know, the coaching or anything or just the way that they've, you know, we, we got it. Like I said, we got a year or two here with with Nagy. He seemed to have stuck by his principles in regards to the preparation for the team, the way that he likes to prep to prep a team for a season, and um, you know there hasn't, like I said, hasn't any weird weird stories here. There hasn't been any drama to say the least. We've, you know, we've we've, we've been sort of reaching for some drama here in Chicago, whereas in other places it's been, you know, uh, you know, surrounding them all the way. You know, it's, it hasn't been. You know San Diego for us, or Dallas, or Indianapolis. Now, you know, uh, you know, it, it, is is it a little bit too cool for your liking, Ryan, or, or do you think that that this is the right way that the Bears should be going into this season? Yeah, you know, it's tough to say. I, I personally don't have a problem with the quiet. I, I actually kind of enjoy it uh, because. I mean, the standard in the NFL is what? The New England Patriots. They go into every year, it doesn't matter what noise surrounds the team. They just say, hey, it's business as usual. We're doing this, we're doing that, and that's it. And they go out there and do it. And there's not a lot of talking done. There's not a lot of stories. Like, it was, what, like last year when they had that ESPN article, like, 
That's about as much drama as we've ever heard come out of New England under Bill Belichick. It's just like they they enjoy the quiet because that means everyone's focusing on football, and I think that's what's happening with the Bears, so I have no problem with it. Uh, really what's coming to my mind is just how interesting the season over really is. I mean, it's the exact opposite of a year ago. Uh, you're just looking at this time it's in Chicago versus up there in Green Bay. Last year was the brand-new head coach offensive scheme for the Bears versus the brand-new defensive coordinator for the Packers. And this year it's the exact opposite. It's the brand-new head coach of the Packers with their same defensive coordinator just like the Bears were, and now this year the Bears with their new defensive coordinator. They are almost, I think, going to be identical when it comes to the standings in the NFC North. I expect the Bears and Packers to really be at the top, and that's what we talked about on the Dean Davis uh, NFC uh, preview, so make sure you check that out. But uh, definitely looking at the Bears in this game, it's going to be about them making a statement because the Packers were the one that made the statement last year. Even though the Bears ultimately won the division and were the stronger team, the statement was, you aren't ready quite yet. And this year, with and that made total sense because Mitch, when you look back at that game, was really good in that first quarter and just was terrible, really, the rest of the way once they went off script. This year, the statement is, if Mitch goes out and plays a full four-quarter game and shows a progression in his development while the rest of the team stays together and, and plays as well, at, or maybe not quite as well, but you see that the defense is still strong and everything like that. If you come out there that Thursday and see that, I, I think that makes the statement. Because really, that locker room, I think, benefited last year. Like, hey, we can play with anybody. We just went toe-to-toe with the best player in the league and Aaron Rodgers, and we were able, we should have won that game. I think this year it's it turns into that where you can make that statement like, we're just going to take care of business every week because we're the best team. And then you start with your rival opening the season where the entire NFL world is watching you on your home turf. It really is setting up to be, I think a special, special season and starts off in a very special way. It's going to be just a ton of fun to see how that works out because there's question marks all all around this matchup. We don't know what the Packers are. We know what the Bears are, but we still need to figure out some things like Chuck Pagano and how uh, certain guys progress. So it should be just a ton of intrigue after this waiver wire happens and the final cuts happen and everything focuses to Thursday, that week should be a wild week of preparation with a lot of people just really thinking about this matchup and realizing, man, this is a big deal. Yeah, a week and a day away as we we record this now, man. It's it's gonna be uh, there's a lot of a lot of great energy, man, in the air. I think one thing though, when you look at the way that people are sizing up the North. No, the Bears are getting less benefit of the doubt than anyone in the division, if you ask me. When you look at national writers and prognosticators, people predicting the the division, like, you know, I think there's people out there picking the Bears to be last in the division. I don't I don't get that, you know. But, you know, we we and we've already seen with you know Detroit is taking some injuries, some injury hits, and the Packers, you know, you can never really count out the Packers with 
with uh with Rodgers, but they're they're dealing with a new coach. And uh, you know, they're gonna be dealing with some new new systems being put in and everything and you know how you know personalities, how are they go, how are they gonna mesh, you know. But uh, you know, and the Vikings the Vikings got talent, but you know, they they shown a, a tendency to underplay. And uh, you know, their quarterback has a their quarterback has a lot to prove of himself as well. Yeah. Yeah, and Cousins has to prove himself. He has to prove himself to be a winner, uh, you know, a consistent winner. So, you know, but I think with the Bears, there seems to be just more of a, a willingness to undercut this team and, and you know, dismiss their – you know, part of, it, part of it, I would say, is the league and the way that the league sets itself up to, you know, you know, you have teams – it's much easier to go from worst to first than – you know, to stay up as a first-place team year after year in the NFL. But I think if there's a team that is built right now to do it, you know, outside of maybe, uh, you know, Kansas City or somebody like that, you know, the Bears, I think, are just as built well to at least for this season keep itself in contention. So, you know, I think to all those prognosticators out there, you know, I'm going to stand out with I'm gonna stand out with my team and – uh. You know, I think y'all go. I think there's gonna be a lot of salty, a lot of salty people out there coming through, especially with this first game, because you no, know, I think the Bears just have to, you know, from everything that's happened in the past year, drawing back from last, from giving up that game last, uh, last year in Week One to, you know, losing the way that they lost at the end of the season with Parky. Like this is a team that has to be as motivated as anyone to shut people up and to let them know, let people know that though this really is a contending team. And, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting to see uh, just how much the Bears prove themselves early on. I think I think we should be able, especially at home, we should be able to, at least for that, for that first game, see a, a really focused and uh, well-executed team. Now, at the same time, this may be something if if we see something less than that, that may be something that causes us to reevaluate how Nagy, you know, uh, prepares his team going into future seasons. Because again, he he put the he's gone he's gone he's taken the risk of you know holding back his starters and hold and you know pr- you know valuing health over reps. And in particular with uh, with Mitch, you know, you, you you're talking about a developing guy. So you know, you know, the argument there is a there is reason to, to argue or to at least you know, as a devil's advocate position, say you know maybe Mitch should have been out there more to prepare himself for Green Bay. If anything, you know, if we if we see a subpar performance from him. You know that I think there's going to be a lot of worrying uh, coming out of that game. Yeah, I mean, uh, I would temper anybody. Uh, you really can't get a good idea of an NFL team in the first month of September. A la, look at New England. Everybody put the stake in them last year. They were what, like one and three in their first four games, and then they go ahead and 
really get going in October, November, and play their best football heading into the playoffs, and then they go win the Super Bowl. That's the formula. And, you know, you can play guys in the preseason to get off to a good start in the regular season. That's a that's a good theory. There's no translation that that necessarily will happen. Uh, we don't know what the benefits are for people playing in the preseason other than going through the routine and getting some extra actual game reps. But sometimes that's even kind of, you know, overdone because if another team isn't playing their starters, how good are those reps? And, you know, for a guy like Mitch, I, I, I get where let's get him as many reps as possible. I'm definitely on board with that. But uh, you have to, I guess, look at what Nagy's overall point is. I don't want to go into Green Bay with Chase Daniel as my starter. I don't want to go into uh, Green Bay with Allen Robinson done for the year. He just refuses to believe that there is so much more to be gained in a uncontrolled environment that is the preseason versus a controlled environment like a scrimmage of practice. You know, to him, those reps are basically the same in their value. There's a much higher chance of getting injured in the uncontrollable one versus the controllable one, and we're just not going to risk it because we want to go into the season as strong as possible, not even going into the year like Indianapolis is, where now we got question marks and we got our, we're got reeling. And not that that happened because of an injury on the field, but if, let's say that did happen that way. You know, every, Look at Cam Newton with the Panthers having that foot injury. Everybody would be saying, man, I don't know if this was a good idea, or everybody would feeling upset at least heading into the season knowing man we're injured we're not as good as we could be yeah yeah I, I, i'm i'm with you ryan i'm i'm with you but you, you know you know how defeatist our, our fan base can be you know if if the, yeah, if the we, gotta, if the, <laughs> we gotta act like we've been there before too we gotta start uh we gotta start having a higher standard for ourselves as fans and for the team otherwise uh we go through what we went through for years and years with crap until we finally got Nagy and Pace. That is true, definitely. And Nagy we trust and Pace we trust. They haven't steered us wrong so far. But uh as of now, you know, we gotta you know the Bears are a good team and we can take solace in that. That they have prepared themselves the way that they want to prepare themselves and they indeed are a healthy team. None of those none of those key contributors, none of those starters are gonna be on the on the uh on the sideline, you know, uh without the pads, you know, when it comes to next Thursday's opener. They're gonna be ready and uh from there on it's just gonna be about how they perform, how they how they execute and uh, you know, can they bring it to their to their blood rival, man. We you know, we're gonna be rooting for them, so we're gonna see. But uh, as of now, we're gonna uh, you know, wrap this one up. Uh Ryan, great job once again, man. Glad to talk to you. Uh, like he said, man, check out Dean Davis show is available now on SoundCloud. You'll be able to listen to it tomorrow. Well, uh, yeah, listen to it tomorrow. I should say, I guess, or today on, uh, on war on anchor and, um, they're previewing the NFC side of things in the, in the NFL, the, the, all the three of the divisions there. Uh, and if you haven't listened to the AFC previews yet, which they did last week, those are already available on uh, War on Anchor and SoundCloud. Uh, so, uh, yeah, just listen to that and uh, get all the good information that you want from from the guys there. 
And um, as far as we're concerned, you know, we're going to be definitely back uh, Thursday. We may uh, we may hit you with something right after the game on Thursday. I'm not I'm not certain yet, but if we don't, we'll we'll come soon after that. Uh, and we'll we'll uh, we'll definitely let you know about our regular schedule that'll be coming out. Uh, you know, probably with more like with week two because week one again is a is a unique week with the Thursday opener. We'll we'll definitely have some more previews coming up for you uh, leading up to Thursday to next Thursday's game uh, against the Packers. But after that, we'll uh, you know we'll have our regularly scheduled programming for the season. And we'll let you know about that pretty soon. So uh, check, you know, keep keep uh, keep in tune with us here on War on Anchor, and definitely follow our social media war. Uh, we are Regal Radio online, uh, we are Regal Radio dot com. Uh, war, uh, uh, we are Regal Radio. You can search us on IG, uh, uh, Twitter. Facebook, we are on all those platforms uh, bringing you continuous content. So uh, definitely for Ryan, this is Kyle Means signing off. Uh, Hope you enjoy this final preseason game and enjoy this weekend to come. Because after that, it's all about football, man. You know, your weekend is going to be gone from you uh, coming up pretty soon. So enjoy this one where you have a little bit more time to yourself. Cause uh, it's all it's gonna be all bear down and all that coming up after uh, after this one, and you know that's kind of how it should be. But uh, like I said, for Ryan, this is Kyle signing off. We'll talk to y'all later.